sharing the word with you this morning. Um, we are in the middle. We're actually closing out a series today called the I Am series. And we started it off um, with several I Ams. We started off with the Bread of Life. Um, and these are all on our podcast. So we encourage you. Um, we were saying earlier, sometimes we take on series um, that are on our hearts so that our team encourages us. Or, and um, we get to dig into the word in some areas in our life that um, we've read scriptures before, but never preached it before, never studied it before. So um, this is one of those for me. Um, I had never taught. I've taught on communion before, but never taught in that way before. But I taught on I am the bread of life. Pastor Stephen went right into Easter and taught on I am the resurrection and the life. And then I came in and taught on the gate, which again was just a new revelation for me about Jesus being our gate. And I, I love that one scripture that he ends that, that portion of scripture with. And he says, I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. Anybody want a rich and satisfying life? He says that when you come through that gate, he wants to give you a rich and satisfying life. And then last week, Pastor Stephen um, shared about the Good Shepherd. Um, it was absolutely fabulous. I, I told him, um, anybody ever read a book or watched a movie and you wish there was more? You know what I'm talking about? And so I felt like that last week. I, I loved the Good Shepherd. Um, I'm not going to go into too much um, review, but there was something that he said last week that just, um, it, I had never seen it. Um, I'm sure that I've heard it before, but I loved it. He brought up two different um, things. He had the rod and the staff. And um, the one thing that I loved is he talked about the rod, and um, he, he, he talked about this, how the, the, the shepherd, um, as the sheep are coming into the gate, the, the shepherd will um, run the rod um, uh, um, uh, along the back of the, sh of the sheep. And as he's doing it, as they're making their way into the gate, he runs that rod kind of um, um, to inspect the hair and inspect the skin on the shepherd. And what I loved about that is, is he was talking about if there's injury, if there's harm, if there's any disease, um, he catches it as they're making their way so that not only does, are they not harmed, but those around them are not harmed. And then, and then he talked about um, the staff and, and in reference to the Holy Spirit. And uh, I loved it. He, he talked about how um, this, the staff uh, was, was really meant to just kind of come along and see this hook right here. Just lean, in, lean on in. This is going to be my new daughter-in-law. Give it up. Uh, Rashid and Sky got engaged last night. If you don't behave, no, she says. <laughs> but 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 really, really, the staff was it was never meant to jerk or to pull hard. It was really just meant to just grab a sheep when he was in danger, and and, and to pull them in. And and you know, the Holy Spirit's role in our life. Uh, the Holy Spirit is never brings condemnation. He does bring by His gentle Spirit conviction. It says that He is our standby, our go-between, our helper, and and He lives on the inside of us. And so the, the 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 Shepherd never wants to see you in a place of danger. And He will by the Holy Spirit. Any anybody ever had a season in your life? Um, season in your life where you got ready to make a decision or even a relationship with a friend or even to get married or all, all kinds of business deals, different things. And you felt on the inside, you felt like a tweak on the inside, just a, we call it a check or sometimes we've referenced it like a, we call it a red flag or something. That, that, that is the Holy Spirit guiding you and leading you. When you sense that by, when you sense that in your spirit, it, it would be wise for you to kind of pull back. That's the hook of the Holy Spirit. And he'll hook you and he'll just, in, in, in sometimes Times I've realized with this was my own life, and I'll be in times of prayer. It'd be praying to Him concerning a situation, and 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 lift that situation up in prayer. And I'll feel something on the inside of me, and, and not an audible voice, nothing weird. Just um, just sometimes like eh. And and I'll ask the Holy Spirit. I'll say I'll say to this, even sometimes out loud. I'll say, Hey, what what is that? One thing I've learned with God is is um, with the Spirit of God is a lot of things are just timing. 
Sometimes they're not a no. Sometimes he wants to wait for the perfect. How many of you know God's perfect timing is good timing? Amen. Amen. And so, um, and today I'm going to finish out. There's two more I am's that we haven't gotten the opportunity to teach on. Um, maybe in the future we will. Um, but we're going to finish up today with I am the vine. And we're going to go into John chapter 15, spend quite a bit of time right there in John chapter 15. Um, but I want to go ahead and um, just pray over us and get started. Amen. Father God, you're so good. You're so faithful. Thank you um, through this whole entire series uh, that we have learned who you said you were. And by learning who you are, we ultimately learn who we are because our identity is wrapped up in you. Father God, I, we want to look and mimic and, and, and really represent everything that you are. And so as you begin to declare who you are, it, the word of God says, as he is, so am I in this world. And so we thank you for revelation this morning. We thank you for eyes to see and ears to hear so that we could walk out the hope of our calling in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So um, I don't, how many of you would consider yourself an emotional person? An emotional person? Like three. Hit everybody else around you and say, stop lying. Now, um, if you're, now, now I'll, I'll be honest with you, I really am not, I don't consider myself an emotional person because I, when I think of the word emotional person, I think of someone who cries a lot. Is that, and you know, you kind of, but I'm not a crier. So uh, if you, if I, I, the only time I typically cry is in the presence of God, if, if during worship or if something happens spiritually, but I don't typically cry. Like I didn't cry last night when Sky and Rashid got engaged. I'm just, if, if I'm crying, then everyone's like, oh my gosh, mama's crying. But, but, but in thinking about this, I realize that I, that there's other emotions besides crying that are emotions. Now I'm kind of, anybody been around me? No, I'm kind of a wild person. Like, and I, and that's kind of like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm quiet. Yeah, but, 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 but I'm, I'm kind of loud and boisterous. I, I like to have fun. Like Pastor Stephen said the other day, he said, why do you always want to have, like, fun? Like, he's like, can't you just, we were trying to do a workout together when we were away. We were trying to do a workout together. And um, I said, let's just do something. Let's just do something fun. And he was like, no, let's just get done. I was like, why can't you just be fun? He's like, why do you always have to be fun? You know, and so, so we were kind of going back and forth with that. And so we did a little bit his way and a little bit my way, some good compromise there. But, but I, I realized that, I'm, I'm an, that, you, that emotions are much more than just a crying emotion. They can be, you, you, you could be an emotional person. And we, we made a road trip uh, this past week to Alabama. We had the privilege of going to a conference there called Art Conference in Alabama. And uh, we took some of our family. And so you, anybody ever done road trips with your kids for 12 hours? Um, so, um, so we, we love to play some music. And so because, um, uh, Pastor Stephen is 52 and, um, 51, 52, 52, 52, he's just over 50. So, because, so, so we have, and, and, and Chase is 20, we have all that genre of music, you know? So, so how we roll, and this is, again, this is personal, say it's personal. So you don't have to do it like us, and we're not bad, and you're not right, and we're not wrong. But so we do like an hour of like worship, and then we do like an hour of country, and then we do like an hour of 80s. And when Pop gets sick of all of our 80s, and he's like, I need some more Jesus. And then we're like, so we kind of do it a little bit like that, you know. But we, we had some fun, and so we were going through all these genres. And I realized that songs, that music brings out a lot of feelings. Anybody, anybody ever had a song come on, and you can immediately like smell it, see 
immediate, you're like, oh yeah, that was my boyfriend then, oh yeah. Like, you know, you, you kind of like some, you know, you could just go there. You know, the, a song will come on and immediately you can, it takes you somewhere. So we, so, and I realized those bring back feelings. And so I checked out some songs today. So have some fun with us. Little, you know, first service was a little bit not awake yet. So I'm just going to encourage you. We're still Christians just because we're going to have some fun here this morning. And so we're going to play some music if you want to clap, sing, you know, pop might dance, you know. So um, we're going to play a couple songs and see where you fit in your genre. All right, go baby girl. So I realized that immediately when all of those songs came on, you know, you might have been at a wedding before and danced to that or been in the car in the summertime with the windows rolled down or, you know, um, that I can remember growing up hearing that song, feelings, nothing more than feelings, you know, um, but I, you know, they bring back a lot of stuff. And so as I get ready to go into John chapter 15, the reason I'm doing this is because how many of you know, if we're not careful, we'll live life by our feelings. We'll, we, I, I, how many of you have ever made a spontaneous decision based on the way you felt? All of us. All of us have done dumb things. Most of the time, if you make a decision based on your feelings, it's dumb. And, and so, so we, have, we can live life by our feelings. And if we're not careful, they'll sit in the driver's seat of our life. And so as I get ready to go into John chapter 15, I, I wanted to little preface it a little bit with you because in John chapter 10, um, 11, 12, 13, 14, leading up to 15, there's a lot of feelings going on. A lot of feelings going on. And so, and even some of those chapters, they're, they're within a couple days of each other. They're not like a wide, some, some books that you read or some chapters that you read, there's a large span of time. But in these chapters right here, in John chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, they're all very close within proximity of time. And so there's a, there's a reason, because sometimes if you read a portion of scripture and you read it out of context, you're wondering why Jesus is saying what he's saying. You're wondering why the word is saying what he's saying. And I, I want to paint this picture before I go into John chapter 15. Remember, uh, Pop um, began to talk to us even in John chapter 10. That's where Mary and Martha, their brother Lazarus, died. How many of you know when there's a death, there's a lot of feelings? Come on, if you've, ever, if you've ever had someone pass away in your life, and I was thinking even when he was teaching that, that week that when Martha came to meet Jesus, I, I don't think that she was like this, pa I don't view Martha as passive. Like, I don't think she was like, I think she was all up in Jesus' grill, if you want to know my personal opinion. Because her and Jesus had a relationship, it says that they were friends. So even though that Jesus was the Savior, she knew he could do something, there was some close proximity and relationship. And I feel like Martha would have been like, Jesus, I was counting on you. Like, my brother's dead, and you could have done something about it. Like, maybe, maybe that's just how I would be with Jesus if we were friends. That's kind of how I, we're friends now, so that's kind of how I talk to him sometimes. And, and, and so, so, not only, so then, not only in John chapter 10 do you have Mary and Martha and Lazarus dying, at the very end in verse 53, that's where, that's where Jesus is, um, where that's where the Jewish people say, hey, let's plan to stone him. So, so there's all of these emotions, and the disciples are very aware of what's going on. Um, in John chapter, give me just a second. In John chapter 11, John chap, that happened in John chapter 11, I'm sorry. In John chapter 12, Jesus begins to, to, to prepare the disciples for his death, burial, and resurrection. And the, and the Last Supper begins to take place. I, 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 as I was reading through all these chapters, what I loved was um, you see different people's personalities. Like you see Simon Peter's personality, and you see Thomas's personality. And, and Jesus is, there's an urgency. 
in John chapter 14, he even begins to talk to them about how he's going to go to his father's house. He, he, remember, he, in that chapter, he talks to them about the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm going to go away from here, but I'm going to leave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so they're, they're the disciples, they're figuring all of this out. There's a lot of emotion. There's a lot of, I, I hate to use the word anxiety, but even in John chapter um, 14, Jesus says to disciples, do not be afraid. Do not let your heart be troubled. So there are some, obviously, if he's saying to, that, that to them, that he's sensing that they are troubled. He's sensing that there's some strong emotions going on, which is why I didn't want to just read to you John chapter 15 and have it not be in context. Can, can, I think this is really funny. In John chapter 13, um, verses 37 and 38, is where um, Simon Peter, Simon Peter is having a conversation with Jesus. And he says, he says, Jesus, but Jesus, I would die for you, Jesus. I'll do anything for you. And Jesus, I feel like Jesus is probably like, shut up, Peter. Like before, before the night ends, you're going to like deny me three times. Like there, but Peter's all like, Jesus, I'd die for you. And like, you know, in Jesus' head, he's like, I already know how this is going to play out. Like, just shut up. Like, stop being so dramatic. You know, and, and even, and even in John chapter 14, John chapter 14, he begins to tell them about his father's house. He says, I'm, I'm going to go there. There's, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and you're going you're gonna to know where to go. You're going you're gonna to follow me, and you're going to know where to go. And Thomas immediately says in these verses, he says, we don't, what are you talking about, Jesus? We don't even know where that is. How are we going to follow you? How are we going to get there? We don't, know, we don't know where that place is. And immediately Jesus says, Thomas, what are you talking about? Me and the Father are one. So I wanted to paint this picture so that you understand as we go into John chapter 15, Jesus begins to talk to them about how he is the vine and we are the branches. But they're, they're, there's a reason he's doing that because they're nervous. They're, 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 it's, the, the season is changing. You, you know, when we went out of town, um, anybody ever gone out of town and left lists for people before? You know, if you ever had a babysitter, you left them a list and then, then you called to make sure they let followed the list and then you called the next day to make sure the list was called followed you know I mean when we got ready to go out of town Pastor Stephen he, he wanted my mom and dad to handle something so he made a list and then he explained the list to both my mother and my father then I think he called up to follow on about the list. You know, and sometimes when we're getting ready to depart, when we're getting ready to leave or go on vacation or, or whatever, we want to leave people with instructions. We want to leave people with, this is how it's going to flow while I'm gone. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, this is what's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to come. This is what's going to happen. But they're nervous. And he, in John chapter 15, he gives them a way to succeed on this earth. It's very powerful. So if you will, turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I'm going to read it for you. Here we go. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. And he cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will, even produce, they will, so they will produce even more. Verse 3. I'm in the New Living. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. In verse 5, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. Hallelujah. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask what you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. In verse 9, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments, commandments and remain in his love. Verse 11. This is an interesting verse. This is the part I want you to see, too. I have told you these things. So listen. He, he's telling, remember, he, he, he gave them this whole, all this turmoil, all, all this anxiousness, all this fear, all of this. And he, he gives them this, this, this outline. He gives them this, um, this uh, metaphor. It's not a parable. He gives them this metaphor of the vine. And then after he finishes his metaphor about the vine, he says, this, this, I've told you these things so that you be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I don't know about you, but he's preparing them. He's saying, in the midst of this crisis, in the midst of this nervousness, in the, ter- the church was getting ready to be taken over by, ne- not Nero, but Nero was going to burn Christians. The, the church was not, at a, it was at an unstable place. I don't know about you, but I know in my life, I, I've realized this, everybody goes through something, right? Sometimes you look, Pastor Steve and I, we go through things. I, w- I was thinking about this morning. Nobody, nobody is exempt from going through something everybody goes through something and sometimes we have we have this idea that what i'm going through is worse than what somebody else is going through no everybody goes through their own stuff whether you're dealing with your marriage whether you're dealing with your finances whether you're dealing with your job whether you're dealing with the next season of your life whether you're taking care of your parents whether you're taking care of your kids everybody is going through something and what he's going to tell us right here is this, because you're going to go through something, because the disciples were going to go through something, because they were going to experience some hard times in their walk on this earth, they were going to go through something. He's saying, I'm going to tell you a way to go through it and have your joy be full. How many of you want to go through life and have your joy be full? Hallelujah. So, he, so, so I, I, I did a little um, a study, and my friend um, Heath True Love, can you wave your hand at them, Heath? Um, he, Heath True Love, um, he, he helped me a little bit. He, I, I, I texted his wife and asked him about, he knows a little bit about vines and vineyards. And, and so he emailed me back, and then I, I did a little bit of my own research. And so come on up, Ken's, and who, are you coming up to handle this? And I, I want to give you, I want to give you some, some facts about the vine and the vineyard, about, about how the vine works. Now, now, Interestingly enough, because Jesus, as he walked with the disciples, as he's finishing up, and as, as he's finishing up John chapter 14, he was with his disciples. And I feel like for me, I feel like for me, that he, he just, um, I, I feel like that he probably walked by, I'm just going to get a piece of this. I feel like he probably just walked by a, a, a tree. And I feel like he probably just picked this up and, and immediately, because they were familiar with the vine, they were familiar w- with this plant, he immediately went into to, to an analogy about their faith, about their life compared with this. And he makes this comment. He said, he said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So I'm going to tell you, if, if you'll do me a favor, if you're taking notes today, I want you to take a few notes about this. Write it down on your phone, grab an offering envelope there in front of you. If you didn't use it for, to put offering in, you can just use it to take notes on. That was funny. Um, 
But, so, 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 so I want to give you a couple facts about, the, about branches and about how growth happens. Because if, if he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And if he says, I am the vine and you are the branches and you're to produce much fruit. Don't you want to know how to produce much fruit? Don't you want to know? For me, I want to know how, how is a vineyard, how, how is fruit produced in a real vineyard? In a, in a real, so, because he was using it as an analogy to tell them that they, if they did this, if they lived in him and he lived in them, that they would produce much fruit and that they would have joy in the midst of their circumstances. Amen? Amen. So, so here's a couple facts. Here's a couple facts about, about um, planting a vineyard or about growing your vine. The very first thing that you have to do if you're going to grow any form of a vine is you have to have, is you have, to have a trellis. You have to. Because it has to have something to attach itself to. If, if, you don't, if you don't have this part of it, it says that it will grow wild and uncontrolled. Now, Heath, you just yell out if you got anything. Because he's a great communicator, so I, I trust you. Um, so so it, it, will grow wi- it will grow wild and out of control. So the very first thing that a vine grower has to do is it has to find a place for the vine to attach itself, to weave in and out. How many of you know that Jesus was saying at that very point for us that we have to attach ourselves to the body of Christ? That how many of you have ever met anybody who says that, they don't go to, that, they, that they're a Christian but they don't go to church anywhere? Don't raise your hand if you're them. Because they're some squirrely, they're squirrely folk. I'm just going to be honest with you. People that, people that, say, go, that say, I go to all churches, no, you're squirrely. Uh, that, you, you, because it doesn't work. Because when, you, when you're hooked up with all kinds of visions and all kinds of hearts and all kinds of shepherds, you, you can't establish yourself. Your, First Peter says your root system can't grow deep in there. Can't grow deep in there. And it's so important. So you, when, when, when you have to attach yourself, not, not so that someone can control you, but so that someone can grow you. Do you understand? Growth has to be attached to something that can help you see the destiny in your life. Amen? That's why he says he gives, that's why one of his I am's was I am a shepherd. I am a good shepherd. I give you those people in your life. Amen? So, so that number one, you have to con- con- construct a trellis or, or an arbor before planting. The second one, the second fact about, about growth is it has to be planted in full sun. I love it too. Full, full sun. Which means for, I don't, for me, that means that, listen, I want full exposure to, to everything that God has for me. I, I, listen, I don't, I don't want to hide any area of my life from God in, in any way. Listen, that's why, that's why David even said, search me. It was one of our favorite scriptures. Search me, O Lord, through and through. He, this is what he says. Find any wicked and unclean thing in me. Search me, O God. And so, so to me, that means, man, I want, to be, I want my life to be in full sun. I'm not going to hide anything from God. The, and, then, and the next thing, it says full sun. It says water when planting. Water when planting. How many of you know the word of God will water you and grow you? Amen? These, this is because, listen, he was saying to his disciples, I, I'm, you're, gonna, you're the branch. Now, see, what this looks like is this. It, 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 you're going to be our, our God today. Because it says God is the gardener, right? He's the gardener. That's what he said in the very beginning of John. Now, then he said this. He said, I am the branch, which means this. Pe-. Now, we got this from, um, from our friends Mac and Megan from their backyard. Um, 
Pastor Stephen got it for me last night. And, and, and Jesus is saying, I'm the branch. I'm this part. But off of those, every single branch comes, off of every single one come, comes another branch. It says, from the vine comes a branch. This is considered the vine, and these are the branches. Now, interestingly enough, listen, we got that last night, and this green, apart from its, its root system, it's already getting all crackly. It's all, apart from him, it says, you can do what? Nothing. Now, now, now I, I want to share something with you. He, Jesus is talking to his disciples that are already saved. So I don't feel like personally, and I told this to first service, I don't want to discuss doctrine with you, so don't come up to me afterwards about it. But I don't believe that when he says, apart from me, you can't do nothing, where I'll cut you off. I don't believe that that means you're going to be unsaved. What I do believe that it means is that you won't be able to produce fruit in your life. How many of you have met Christians who have just stayed Christians and they've never furthered their walk in God? They just, they just, continue, they just sit and sit and sit and sit and sit and they never do anything with the gifts of God on the inside of them. So they're a vine, they're a, they're a branch that's really cut off. They don't produce anything, but they're still in existence. Still in existence. And another thing... Another thing that it says to do is the moment that you get ready to plant it, the moment you get ready to plant it, it says to, tr to, to prune off two or three buds at immediately before you, before you plant it. So I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of, of, a lot of new believers. And when you meet a new believer, they're, they're, I, I love a new believer because sometimes the older you get in Christianity, the crankier you get. You know, you get, you get cranked. I'm, I'm, so a new believer, they'll come in, and because you, you know you're just pruning them. That, that's their job. Actually, it's not just Pastor Stephen and I's job. If you're seasoned in the body of Christ, it's all of our job. Hey, we're supposed to disciple these, these new believers. And you come in, you're like, nah, I don't think you should say that anymore. And they're like, oh, really? I shouldn't say that anymore? No, don't say that. You tell that to a, a person that's been serving God for 15 years, I'll just do what I want. I don't know what the word, I know what the word says. Somehow, somehow, the older you get as a believer, you think you can change the word to say what you want it to say. Like, I know that. I've, I've been saved for 15 years. Well, you done don't act like it. But, but new believers, new believers, I, I love them. They'll be like, oh, oh, I shouldn't do that anymore? Nah, I don't do that. Okay, I won't do that. What else shouldn't I do? Because it says to, says to prune off two or three of them before you ever even plant. Now, now this is interesting. Now, once you've planted it, once you've planted it, it says the care of a, of a vine, the care of a vine. So, so this, is what, this, is, this is how we take care of ourselves. I'm in the vine. He's in me. I'm in him. I'm producing much fruit because I'm connected to him, right? It says this. It says, for the first three years. Now, now Heath, 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 Heath emailed this to me. He said, he said, a vine can't produce fruit for the first three years. Now, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I did a little bit of a study on it. And it, here's an interesting thing. It can, it can produce fruit. In my study, it showed that it shouldn't produce fruit because the root system doesn't have the ability to sustain the fruit on it. So, so, so check this out. So check this out. So how many of you know that as believers, we, new believers get saved? No, they get saved. And immediately because they're saved, they, 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 they want to produce some fruit. And they, a new believer wants a microphone in their hand. And how about throw up that scripture for me in 1 Timothy? 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Check this out. An elder... Must not be a what? Must not be a new believer. Beca Say because. Because he might become what? And the devil, the devil made him do it. 
The devil would cause him. Listen to me. When those first couple years, those first couple years, they ought not be. They ought not be having a mic in their hand. We, we, I, can I share something with you? Pastor Jim and I, we learned this the hard way. Say the hard way. And sometimes the best lessons learned are the hard way. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We've learned. But you, sometimes you, you have a gift on the inside of you. Listen, hotcakes. If you've got a gift on the inside of you and you've been saved for five minutes, sit down. Just sit on down and we're going to nurture you and love you and give you a root system and help you grow and nourish you and strengthen you and build you up and believe in you and encourage you. And when you turn 30, we'll give you a mic. Because it's important because guess what? The enemy will come and he'll cause that person to fall. Say three years. Next thing, next thing, it says that pruning, pruning is so important. Now check this out. The first couple years, actually it's, I think it's continual, cut off 90, say 90 percent. Am I right, Heath? Oh. So, so he says cut off the, the, the weaker vines so the stronger ones so, so that the stronger ones can, be, can nourish it. And, and when I looked at it, it says even, even when, the, when the season changes before the next bloom comes, it says cut off. Not, I, I don't know about you, but when, sometimes, man, when I want to go into, while I came into 2018, even as I'm preparing, I'm getting my heart off for 2019. For 2019. Listen, every time when I come into those years, hey, God, what in my life does not represent you? Listen, does my marriage look like you? Does my finances look like you? Do my relationships look like you? Does how I parent look like you? Does how I love people? Does how I pastor? Because listen, I can go on my merry way and my life could end up not looking like Christ and I could actually still call myself a Christian because I don't avail myself to the pruning process by the word. Prune. Listen, cut. If there's an area in your life that's causing you to struggle, if there's an area in your life that's weak in your life, listen to me. Cut that thing off and let the rest of your, let the rest of your Christian walk be nourished and strengthened up. Sometimes we hold on to these vices. We hold on to relationships. We hold on to things and we wonder, man, why I'm in the same place year after year after year after year. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you saying, cut that thing off. So you can be nourished and strengthened. One of the other things that it says is, is if, 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 you, if you have a system, if, you, if, you're, if it's growing, but, but, and everything's going well, but, it, but you're not having a fruit, it says check around it and make sure that the foliage, that the foliage isn't covering where it can bear fruit. It says cut the foliage. I, I, I don't know about you, but man, there are some areas in my life, and I'm thinking, hey, why, why, am, I, why am I not having growth in this area? I'm just going to tell you, sometimes the cares of this world, they'll cover areas of your life up. The, the weight of it, the, the distractions of this world, the, the anxieties. You know, um, Josh talked to us about it. Listen, God's got you. But if you're, if you're covering some areas up in your life with your own, I, I, man, you can hover over your own crap. You really, you, you can hang out over it and God's trying to do something in your life and he can't even get to it because you won't leave it. It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy what? Own understanding. There's some things that we have our own understanding on and they're not producing fruit and he's saying, if you'll just step back, I'll put my super on your natural and cause growth in that area. 
Amen. Thinking about the word remain. He, he says, do you, do you realize in these 11 verses, he says the word remain 10 times. If you remain in me and I remain in you, if your words remain in me and I, my, and listen to me, he keeps saying remain, which means to stay put, to cling to. And if you do these things, it's interesting, in Galatians, you'll produce certain fruit. So real quick, we're going to go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. How many of you learned these fruits when you were growing up in Bible class, you know? So we're going to go over them real quick because a lot of times people will say, well, don't judge me. Anybody ever heard that? Raise your hand. Yeah, you have. Everybody, everybody say, I don't want you to judge me. Well, here's the thing. I don't need to judge you. Your fruit judges you. Because the fruit in your life is a representation. Here, here's what he says. He says, if you are my disciples, you'll have how much kind of fruit? Much. It says, if you are my disciples, that you'll have much fruit. Pop used to say this all the time. We have a lot of followers, but not a lot of disciples. But if you want to have much fruit in your life, if you want to have much fruit in your life, you have to be a disciple of him, which means you have to remain in him. And this is an indication in Galatians 5, verses 22 through 26, of the fruit that will be available in your life by the Spirit. Now, check this out. Can you put that up for me, babe? I want to refer back to something because... Because the word of God is always connecting itself. Who's this fruit, who's this fruit produced by? Look at, the, look at the verse. Who's this fruit produced by? The Holy Spirit, right? It says the Holy Spirit, what? Produces the fruit. Now, what's interesting to me, because in John chapter 14, right before Jesus goes into this analogy, what's the very thing he leaves with them? The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, he's saying, listen, I'm leaving this earth and I'm giving you the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. And when he lives on the inside of you, he will produce this fruit. The, the produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Ready? Here we go. Say love. Let's go with him. Let's read them together. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and what? Woo! Don't look at your neighbor. Anybody got to work on one of those? Or all of them? Just teasing. The only... You're exactly right. When we live by our feelings, thank you. When we live by our feelings and our emotions, it's an indication that we're not in the vine and the vine is not in us. Which is why, if in the, why in John chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, this is, this is all this he's dealing with in John 15 is he's saying, keep your emotions in check by staying in me. And when you keep your emotions in check, no matter what your world looks like, no matter how crazy your life gets, no matter what goes on in your marriage or your finances or anything else, listen, there will be a way to have joy, and it's only going to be when you remain in me and my words will remain in you. And when you have that, what's going to happen is you'll have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithness, meekness, temperance, and self-control. I'm going to close this up with this one thought. I was studying this, not John chapter 15, but Galatians chapter 5 a few months, uh, I don't know, probably about a month ago, right before we got ready to go into prayer. And I, I yeah, you can lay it down, friend, it's fine. And I, I was just kind of just stirring my heart up for prayer. And I, I, read, I read this part. Now, Katie, I want you to put those, put, um, the, I want you to put a verse of scripture up there for me. Let me get there. Galatians 
And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, to, he, he said is, your, is, is your fruit ripe or is it rotten? Because you can, you, you, you can be a believer and you can bear fruit. But how many of you know if, a, if fruit stays on a tree too long, it becomes what? Because there is a time for the picking. Because you know, <laughs> thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, I reckon, I think we err on the opposite side here in the body of Christ. We're worried about putting novice in office, but I feel like there's too many people that have had the word in there too long, and they're sitting on their fruit. So the opposite spectrum can just have, just as much as we can be too quick to put somebody whose root system isn't in place in their life, we have a bunch of people who sit on the fruit in their life, and it's no longer ripe, it's just done rotten. Because the fruit, it says you bear, the, the Holy Spirit produces it, but you are the bearer of the fruit, and the fruit is supposed to be for the picking. See, fruit is produced in your life for the body of Christ to come and take off of it, for your gifts to be used, for things to happen in your life. And some of us are walking around, and we've, we, we were like, you know, don't use me. I don't want to use my gift. Listen to me. And your fruit is rotten. And listen to what it says. Let, he's talking to people who have the gifts of the Spirit working in them, but they're not doing something with it. He says, let us not become what? Bam. Let us not become seated or provoke one another or be what? Jealous. I, I realize in my life, when I find myself sitting and scanning through Instagram, watching what other people are doing, I'm going to be honest, I'm human. Like, wow, they had a great service, looks like. You might be on Instagram going, ooh, they got themselves a new car. They had a cute new baby. They have a new house. They have this. And you're watching everybody else's highlights because ain't nobody posts their crap. Everyone just always posts their good stuff. And you're scanning. And you're getting all conceited. Well, they didn't deserve that. And you're getting all jealous. You mean they got engaged? I've been waiting for me a husband for years. Skylar's only 19. I'm 40 and I got me a man. And jealousy and conceit. Because you're not using the fruit. Because listen, I, I found that when I'm busy, not in a negative, hurried kind of a way, but when I'm bearing much fruit and I'm in him and he's in me and the fruit is coming alive in me and I'm walking in love and joy and peace. Man, I'm offering Daniel some long suffering. and I'm saying, hey, man, you need some joy today? Because even if you don't got any, I got some for you. Here, have some of that. Man, you look like you need some long suffering. I don't have time to worry about what anybody else is doing. I'm about my father's business. I'm just encouraging you. Stand up to your feet this morning.
I believe with all my heart the Holy Spirit's at work in us, producing something. He's drawing us in, man. There's some people and you, you're looking and hearing the sound of my voice and you're thinking, I'm not in the vine. Like, I'm saved, but my life's a wreck. And I, I know Jesus, but I'm not getting any answered prayer. If you want to take the time this week and study John chapter 15, when you abide in the vine and the vine's in you, you know one of the main things that happens in your life? You get answered prayer. Do you know why you get answered prayer? Because you're abiding in him and you know what to ask. Because you know the word. You don't ask weird things that won't get answered anyway because they're not in line with the word. But when you're in him and he's in you, Man, I'll encourage you, don't, don't live a Christian life apart from the vine. Live it hooked up with the vine. Amen. Close your eyes in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you'd prune us, that you, that you would just begin to, to work in our spirits. If there's areas in our life like Keith mentioned that, man, they're just sucking the life out of us. Some unhealthy areas. Some, maybe there's some habits. Maybe there's some relationships. Maybe there's some things that we've been holding on to. And, and the master gardener's coming today and he's saying, man, just let me, let me just prune that off of you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to love you. If you're in this room today, and I, I'm going to give two opportunities. Maybe one that you've never received Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Today, I, I want to tell you something. God wants to, he wants to shape you and make you, rearrange you. He has life, a good life planned for you. It says a rich and satisfying life. The good life, as Josh even told us about. Or maybe you're in this place and you're thinking, I've been serving God for a long time. And my fruit is rotten. Or I just... I just want to be wrapped up in the vine. If there's anybody in this room, I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. But we're going to make a declaration, me too, together. To have him in us and us in him. If that's you in this place, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. I see that. See that. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. See that. See that. See that. I'm going to be honest with you. Actually, all of our hands should be raised. Because you know what? We can never get more of Jesus. We can always have more of Jesus. Always more of him. Father God, we stretch our hands towards you. As a, as a sign of surrender, we thank you, Father God, that you tweak us and prune us for the work of the kingdom so that we're much fruit bearers. We thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen.